Hi, this is David Yaz at the Boston Podcast Network, hoping you are staying safe and healthy during this period of precaution over the coronavirus. It's difficult to connect with your clients and contacts in a period such as this, but here we continue to produce podcasts that allow you to connect with the people that you want to reach. You've got a rapt audience like never before. People are home, they're listening, and they're waiting to hear from you. We can create a professional podcast with a quick turnaround and do the whole thing remotely so you don't have to leave your home. Get in touch with us at pod617.com. Very active starting a business, but it takes a lot of gumption. I really want to dig in deep, figure out what makes these people tick, how they are leveraging their success to make the rest of the world a better place. You know, maybe have a couple of giggles along the way. From the Pod 617 studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Kilroy Report, the podcast that shares the stories of entrepreneurs and agency owners doing extraordinary things in an ordinary world. Now, here's your host, Tim Kilroy. I'm here with Dan Dayette. He was marketing back when the internet was written on cuneiform tablets. Um, uh, and right now he runs a fantastic agency and a terrific, amazing, wonderful service that many of my email marketing agency clients use called uh, Mailer Secrets. He's like a combination of, of like Wayne Gretzky, because you're always, you're always skating to where the puck is or is going to be, right? Um, uh, and, and Doug McKenzie, that's what I was looking for. Yeah, totally. It's totally. So it's like Gretzky, McKenzie, and um, like a little bit of Mr. Rogers, just for good measure. We share this passion for coaching, and Dan works with a bunch of great email agency owners and copywriters to make them blossom. And I can't wait to. Uh, and I, I can't wait to get this conversation going on. What's going on today, Dan? How are you? I'm not too bad. It's a beautiful day on the wet coast. West Coast. <laughs> uh, on the wet West Coast. Nice. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of a beautiful, well, as you can see behind me, this, uh, this, this faux backdrop, it's always a sunny day. <laughs> uh, but, but it actually does happen to be a sunny day here in, in beautiful Boston, Massachusetts. So we're, uh, uh, we're about uh, 3,200 miles apart, right? Something like that? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, or I don't know, that's like, that's like 11,000 kilometers. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> All right, so so Dan, t- tell me, t- let let's get a, a quick a, a quick story arc happening. So, you know, tell me about your your path to where 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 you are now. Sure. Well, I guess in a nutshell, just from the the high level, uh, basically, uh, before I met my wife, I was uh, basically doing technical support uh, first for Hewlett Packard and AT and T, uh, and then you know later for uh, you know. Uh, uh, what do they call it? You know, technical support for uh, internet marketing products. And uh, basically, uh, uh, I started at a company uh, called the Internet Marketing Center. Uh, founder Corey Rudel. Many of the OG internet marketers will know that name well. Now, and, I, uh, by the way, I do want to mention uh, we've talked about this before, Dan. But I bought the Internet Marketing Center course, Insider Secrets. It, yeah, it came in up like a binder. Two and binders, it, yeah. Right, and it had a, it had like a, like DVDs that you played, or actually, I don't even know if they were they might have been CDs with with like cheesy videos on them, and yep. you, like you didn't need internet access to use them because everything was right there, right? Because not everybody had internet access. Um, and I just remember I just remember sitting in my basement office with my dog, my dog looking at me like, "Come on, dude, let's go outside. It's way better out there." And I'm thinking like, a call to action. Holy crap! That was it. Was like I was eye opening for me. Yeah, you know, and the, and the original version of that, uh, I, I have all three versions, I believe, and also the digital. But uh, 
the original version, yeah, they definitely were CDs. And the crazy part was when they first launched their offer, uh, there weren't really merchant accounts. So you had to fax in your order. Um, but anyway, I, I, I started there in 04. That, that is right. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I started in 04 and basically, uh, you know, I, I, I actually applied for the coaching position and uh, I bombed the interview hard. Um, nice. So then I reapplied for the uh, technical support department. And then for the next couple of months, I basically just kept going into their offices and begging them to, uh, uh, to let me be a coach. And one day, Travis, who was head of the, that department at the time, basically said to me, how about this? You got, you know, 30 days and if you can't hack it, you're fired. And I was like, sweet, when do I start? So I did that for four years, um, coached uh, 260 people. Um, had about a 70% success rate of uh, helping people get their first uh, uh, three to $4,000 online in sales. And, and by the uh, way, back in the 1860s, that was a lot. Yes, yes, it was, yeah. Uh, well, the basic goal was that we wanted clients to, to get their money back out of the program, right? Yeah. And the minimum coaching package was about four grand, but some of them were 12 grand. Um, and for 12 grand, you got the affiliate program, the email software, the whole nine yards, uh, a website, et cetera. But yeah, long story short, though, is that, uh, um, yeah, so we did about 28 clients every six months. and um, But anyway, uh, yeah, in, uh, what was it, 2008, uh, middle of 2008, uh, basically, uh, my wife was pregnant, and uh, I said, I need some time off. They said, you know, no, we, we don't want you taking any time off. I said, what about just, you know, a leap of absence for a couple of weeks? And they said, no. Uh, so I quit. Nice. And uh, the crazy thing was... That was one of my first most successful months I ever had. I scored, uh, what's that called, uh, Advantage Rent-A-Car and a whole bunch of other uh, really big uh, companies, Eagle Rider Motorcycle, we did Disney Interactive, a whole bunch of clients, and I started my own agency, got a big fancy office in, uh, in the city, and uh, you know, bought a Porsche, did the whole thing, you know, like uh, uh, you know, front reception desk, you know, eight staff, it was it's pretty luxurious for, from my perspective. And then of course, you know, end of 09, there was the big, uh, crash with the, uh, <laughs> you know, the automakers going to the government with their hands out. Of course, right. one of my biggest clients was owned by, uh, uh, Chrysler basically. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a pretty hairy time. I mean, we ended up sending everybody home and saying, Hey, why don't you just work as contractors? So we figure this thing out. And, uh, you know, Eventually, I moved everything into my basement suite and never looked back. And, uh, you know, it's been 11 years now being self-employed and uh, we've been through some crazy ups and downs. But now it's, uh, you know, we're back to having about nine staff. And uh, um, and uh, what was it? Uh, four or five years ago, we, got a, we had a client that we generated an email list of 468,000 people. And... Uh, we uh, were managing email for that because, of course, you know, once you grow a list, you might as well start mailing it. Sure. And uh, um, one day we uh, poked the bear and used a really crazy, edgy subject line and uh, got the account canceled uh, because the complaint rate was so high. Nice. Um, three days we managed to get the account back. But, of course, you know, we're freaking the whole time because, you know, who backs up your email list? Most people don't. Um, because I mean, this, this wasn't even like biz op or weight loss or anything. Like it was just, a, you know, team, uh, niche market of like templates and, you know, PowerPoint resources. Do, do you remember so, what the, what the edgy template, uh, the edgy headline was? Yeah. Uh, this was an email that went out to uh, a list of pastors and preachers sure. and churches. 
And the subject line was, I hate Easter, which we were trying to say, like, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, if you've been doing this a long time, right? I mean, every year you got to rehash the same old story and it gets boring after a while. Like, how do you tell this 2000 year old story different than anybody else has ever told it? Right. And so the, the concept was to give them in that email 17 different ways to tell it differently than you usually hear yeah. it. But a lot of people didn't even open the email. They just complained, complained. And uh, especially the AOLers back then. And, of course, AWeber has a very strict policy. You know, they don't care what your reason is. They just look at the numbers. And once they realized that, you know, we had a really long history of being a great sender with just this one blip on the radar, they were willing to forgive it. But that spooked the horse. And in the meantime, obviously, we went to work, uh, you know, uh, uh, learning deliverability. I hired one of the, uh, the top people who uh, knows that niche and basically uh, – uh, wrote the first book on email deliverability, uh, started building commercial email servers in the Amazon cloud, um, you know, did some for some of the, the big names out there in the IM world as well as some other mailers. And, uh, and yeah, we, we turned everything around and started focusing on email. Obviously, then we realized pretty quickly that e-commerce email uh, tends to be one of the most lucrative places because you see results right away. Like, sure. you know, unlike other niches, you can really... Uh, you get a lot of data from the shopping cart. You can really do a lot of things and uh, and really move the needle quickly. So in the last couple of years, it's kind of one of, been one of the bigger focuses. But because of my extensive background in coaching, um, it was a pretty obvious leap that, you know, for one thing, you know, there was no community for email marketers. I even then built that. And, and now, like you mentioned on the intro, I started coaching agencies because a lot of people go, well, what do you do when you've got a a weird client or what do you do when you've got, you know, like how do you, how do you outsource email to somebody and, and get what you're hoping to get? Like, how do you do that whole process? And so uh, I started leading a bunch of agencies in that process and documenting our process that's worked for us for the last 11 years. And I'm proud to say like, we've got clients that have been with us since 09 and they're still with us. Um, and they've grown with us. Slow learners. Well. Right. Got it. Yeah. And so, you know, it's pretty wild to say that, you know, you could be, uh, that you could have such a success rate that, you know, you rarely have to look for clients because there's, you know, you have such longevity. So, uh, right. so yeah, so I've been teaching that. Cool. So let's talk about email for a minute. So throughout my career, which is now 22 or 23 years in digital marketing, like there's so much focus on acquisition, you know, for a long time it was search, 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 search. And now it's Facebook, 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 you know, acquisition, acquisition, acquisition. And, you know, intuitively it makes sense that if you retain customers or extract more dollars from them, that's going to make you happier in the long run. Uh, but it seems like email is very much having a moment. Uh, you know, there are great platforms now, Clavio and, uh, you know, and Zayas and, and even MailChimp is sort of, is sort of joining the party and sort of, you know, you know, sort of expanding their capabilities. <laughs> so, so what, you know, First of all, what has changed in the, in the email world? And then, you know, where does email sit in the sort of the pantheon of, of marketing tactics for today's e-commerce players? Sure. So first of all, yeah, you're kind of right that like, you know, between retention science, Zayas, like uh, Clavio, like uh, better than ever, we've been able to connect the shopping cart data with the list and, and actually be able to see that real time. Uh, and that makes a huge difference. But um, yeah, in terms of like, so where is it to like, what's changed? I mean, obviously the biggest change really is that spam filters have gotten dramatically more 
uh, dialed in. You you know, back in the old days, you could just grab a list off the internet and literally mail it, and uh, you know, uh, there'd be no consequences if you happen to have a bunch of junk in there. Sure. Whereas whereas nowadays, I mean, list maintenance, you know, like keeping the junk off your list is is critical. I mean, it's it's dangerous to not do that. Um, and these companies, Mailchimp and Clavio and all of them, will kick you off instantly if they see anything going on. Um, I, so that's one piece that's really changed. Like I mentioned already, the data has changed a lot. Uh, the behavioral options that you have nowadays, and there's a lot of hype around those too, but um, there's, there's a lot more you can do with it than you used to be able to do before. Um, but uh, I, I think those are sort of the main, main things that really changed a lot is that you know, we have more data access and more uh, tie-ins. Like the, you, used to, you used to have to have to have a coder and you'd have to have like a deliverability expert and all these different things. And now these platforms do so much of that for you that you don't need to have all of that. Right. So in some ways, I think the, the technology f- forces or allows people to go back to what it's supposed to be, which is marketing, right? Not technology, right? You shouldn't, like you should not have to move some heavy iron just to talk to your customer, right? Yeah, I, I think the only big challenge though is that um, it, it's almost kind of like, uh, um, man, I almost want to compare it to like controlling a crane or something. You know, like you, it has been made so simple that anybody thinks they can do it. And for a large part of the job, they can but there's the odd thing where, you know, you should probably understand, you know, the engineering side a little bit because, uh, you know, we still get consistent consulting clients from all over the world that, you know, their deliverability goes sideways and they don't know why, or their, you know, conversion data goes sideways and they don't know why. But yeah, for the most part, it really is, uh, it really has made life easier. And it's actually the funniest part about it is that people are still, uh, you know, not getting the purpose of email. Like it's almost like the experts know that you're, you're mailing humans and we need to take care of those people. We need to be an advocate for those people on the list. When the client says, or, or when, you know, the company wants to just blast something to those people you need to take, like our team will take a second and, and humanize that into a private letter to that person that speaks to their very soul Whereas most companies will just literally send them like a blog post by email almost. And, uh, you know, and also with that. Or worse, a big picture. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, there's places for for pictures in email, but it should never only be a picture. Right. Uh, But I guess my point is like, I mean, with all the data we have on people and with, you know, the sort of age of transparency, you know, like we're all, you know, the the millennials of the world, especially, but everybody really loves a story and the transparency. Like we really need to get back to treating people like humans and like unique humans, like, you know, that because we've learned so much about them that if they bought certain things or if they've interacted certain ways, we should, you know, uh, communicate with them about those things, not just a blast everybody with the same stuff. Right. Right. Which is by the way, uh, back when I was the uh, million years ago, I was the VP of marketing for batteries.com. And really, truly, the discussion I would have with the CEO <clears throat> was as we were getting towards the end of the month, we'd look at our numbers versus our plan, and we'd sit down and think like, okay, how many emails can we send out between now and, you know, between now and the end of the month without people getting pissed off? Because we knew that like, it really didn't matter what we put in the email. 
But as long as we sent an email, that would drive enough clicks so that we, you know, we'd make twenty thousand bucks every day, every time we sent an email. And so we would like do the math, like, okay, oh, it's the twenty second. Okay, so that's eight. Like, we can do twelve emails, you know, before the thirty first. We, you know, and and that and that will that will save us, you know, that will get our bonus. Um, but but things have have really changed, and there are, there are you know there's like practitioners of the art, like like Huckberry. You know that that really it's it's like it's like jumping into the the Jay Peterman catalog, uh, you know, uh, you know where it's all story and there are characters and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, do do you see that 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 story element, you know, continuing? Because right now, like the the gross like promo email, like forty percent off, like flash sale, like buy now. You know, that stuff has its place, certainly, but it certainly seems like brands are really thinking a lot more about telling stories, engaging with people, and, and, that, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I mean, yeah, it's, it's funny. I mean, like, it's not just about stories so much, but, I mean, like, uh, like I personally like every single message to, to sound, like, even if you are going to teach something or if you're just going to, you know, provide a resource or let them know where, where their order is or the shipping notification. I still like those messages to come across as if they were personally typed by a human being, you know, um, like, you know, I should tell you a, sh a short story. Uh, uh, when I worked at the internet marketing center, uh, back in those days, you know, people uh, didn't really understand the technology. It wasn't as pervasive as it is now. And, you know, we used to do email personalization back then, which was pretty advanced. You know, wow, somebody put my name in the subject line, you know. Right, that was huge. It was. And, you know, it's funny, like, people used to think that Corey wrote the emails, but he hadn't written an email in years at that point, you know. And uh, they had this big promo. He decided to sort of make uh, one of the seminars his wedding reception because half of his friends were entrepreneurs. Um, and so he sent out an invitation to his email list to the wedding event and made it into a marketing thing. And the funniest thing was there were uh, so many people that felt like they had personally bonded with him over emails, just emails, yeah. receiving messages written in that personal tone that when I walked into the office after they sent that email, the next day I walk in and there's this menagerie of cards and flowers and teddy bears and chocolates and like it filled reception and gift baskets all, all lining the hallways. And it was all because these people were like, I'm sorry, I can't make it to your wedding reception, but here, I want to send you something. We had 860,000 people on that list. And honestly, I have to feel like, like a half a percent or 1% actually sent something. Wow. At least a card and sometimes more things. Um, you know, and they felt like they personally knew this guy. And the funny thing is he'd written a voice doc that outlined his voice so that other people could write of him, write for him years ago. And he hadn't written any of those emails in a long time, but that's the power of a personal connection. Hey, do you like the Kilroy Report? I really hope so because we work hard on it. And if you'd like more content like this, I invite you to subscribe to my Friday Focus email. You get weekly updates about what's on the podcast, what's new in the world of business growth, and honestly, my weekly short video essay about the things that entrepreneurs need to be thinking about right now in order to help them create an extraordinary business in an ordinary world. I hope you'll subscribe at fridayfocus.co. That's fridayfocus.co. You know, your traditional, your sort of typical e-commerce brand kind of, 
make make that level of engagement happen. You know, uh, you're a jewelry merchant or whatever you're selling hair extensions. But it doesn't it doesn't really matter. But how how do you take commerce and make it really personal? Well, here here's the thing. We have a couple of techniques we use with our copywriters. One way is we call the teddy bear technique, and this is where you put a teddy bear on your desk. By the way, you kind of look like a teddy bear, so. I think this this is this is good. This is all right. So you put you know, you put a little a little Dan on your desk. Got it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you know we find that like if you write a letter to the bear or if you write some you explain something to the teddy bear on your desk that you know you can basically sort of get a feel for how to have that conversation because you have to dumb it down for the bear, right? Um, so that's one one technique. I don't know. Pooh Bear my, is pretty smart, but... My personal favorite was, uh, like, I, I'll grab somebody I know personally who I think would like what I'm trying to sell or what yeah. I'm trying to... Uh, the niche, the market, like, you know, if it's a weight, weight loss thing, somebody yeah. I know who's struggling with that. And then I'll write a personal letter to them. And for a minute, I'll just ignore the client, the rules, everything. Right. I'll yeah, just I got your letter. It. I did. <laughs> the weight loss thing. I know. I got it. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm eating... It's all good, man. Already. It's all good, man. We're on the Buddha diet. It's all good. <laughs> We have the body of a god, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, and and so and and so, how do you like? You know, I mean that that kind of writing takes a lot of like it, it takes experience and context and flexibility. How do you how do you teach that? Obviously, we have you know modules in this course on mailer skills that teach like you know how to dial in who the audience is, how to dial in what the offer is how to dial in, you know, uh, how to present the features and benefits and, you know, uh, psychological triggers and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, part of it is, uh, is just obviously practice. Um, but we have formulas. Um, and I, I call them frameworks because I hate the word templates. Um, I, I would, you know, I would get rid of somebody who uses templates because templates mean there's chunks that you're reusing. Right, where, templates where, are like mad libs. Yeah, whereas a framework is something where I say, you know, relate, relate to the reader, part one. You have to write out that piece, you know. Yeah. Uh, show them that you genuinely uh, care and that you know how to solve where they're, they're at right now, you know, and then, you know, explain, you know, the, the juicy path of where this is going to go. Show them what happens if they don't take action. Like, it's a framework, but it's not a template. And so I have different frameworks for deal announces. I have frameworks for... Uh, kind of like a, a different take on Jeff Walker's thing. I call mine the, uh, the uh, short burst sales letter technique that uh, uh, that I have a course on. I have uh, you know all sorts of different templates for different types of emails, and you know basically, I mean, you just you know again, like the other part is you just practice that conversational tone because honestly, whenever we hire writers that have typically done blogging, yeah. you know, we have to almost like beat out of them this uh, educational style writing and corporate speak and have to go, no, would you explain it to your mom this way? No. Well then, okay, I want you to write a letter to your mom explaining this. And if you're like thinking to yourself, oh, well, you know, I don't really want to, you know, uh, you know, I wouldn't start a conversation with my mom about, you know, this kind of pain point, or I wouldn't, you know, uh, you know, I wouldn't go on forever about this story or, you know, whatever, like you, you need to like step into that. And when you do, you'll be like, wow, if I'm going to talk to my mom. The first thing I'm going to do is tell her that I'm really concerned and I really care about this thing. And then I'm going to explain or you can her. Say, Listen, mom, I know you are really cheap. 
and stuff is on sale. You seriously could do that. You could say, you know what? I, I know you guys, uh, you know, love a good deal. And you know what? Let's be honest. You know, we all want to pinch pennies. I get that, you know. Um, you could totally do that. But I think when you can be frank with your list like that, like it's, it's yeah. so powerful. Um, it's weird because, you know, it, I feel like the rules of almost everything in life, coaching, you name it, like every, when you find out what the, the secret technique is, you're like, oh, really? So I just have to be like normal to people? Yeah, right. <laughs> so I, I, one of my clients, uh, they're, they're an email agency. Uh, their former tagline was uh, email for humans. Right. And that's right. And that's, and that's what this is. That's what this is all about because everyone, so many people are looking for like the seven magic words that drive conversion. Right. And there aren't like, you know, that's what everyone wants, like the insider secret or the tip that makes this easy. And the thing that makes it easy is being a human being. All right. So, so let's, um, uh, you have a, uh, an adorable name for your, your, uh, your aspiring copywriters, um, your copy cubs. Mm -hmm. uh, so how do you take somebody who's got, you know, they can wield a semicolon and they, you know, and they can spell color with or without a U depending upon the audience, right? Right. So, so um, you know, how do you, how do you turn, how do you turn someone who, who's a writer into a marketer? Well, I mean, we, like I said, we've got these documents. So like we might take them through, like, uh, you know, the pain island and pleasure island story? No, uh, I don't. Well, there's the idea that, you know, uh, your prospect is usually on pain island. And, sure. you know, you, they want to get to pleasure island. And what a lot of people do is they sell them the boat, the helicopter, you know, the, uh, what do they call it? Uh, you name it, any vehicle. Jet ski, right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You get the idea. And the funny thing is that all the, the prospect doesn't really care about those things. All the prospect cares about is, you know, uh, the island, getting to the island, and the, what life is going to be like when I get there, and, and the fact that I can get there, and you know, uh, they don't really care about the vehicle that much. Right, tugboat, uh, speedboat, and I'll get you there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they just they just want to know how to get there affordably and simply, in the least amount of pain possible. So, um, you know, I mean, I talk about this thing of like, I want you to like imagine. I mean, one angle is the pain point angle where you obviously you dig into the pain, you, you explain how they probably tried all these different things before, before they solved it. And then you, you know, you dig into that. Um, and then you basically go through the, the solution or pleasure island and you find basically paint the picture of the problem solved and visually make it real, what life looks like when you get there. And uh, actually, uh, the, what I do when we get the new copy cubs in the first thing I get them to do is obviously go through my Rookie to Rockstar program, go through the uh, e-commerce copywriting thing and the short burst sales letter thing. And I don't expect them to read or watch all of it. I just get them to skim it. Um, and then, I mean, I just throw them a job and I'm just like, hey, you know what? I need you to write for this. Um, and, you know, when uh, a new guy first uh, starts writing, I mean, I don't expect perfection, but there's certain things that I will notice if they're going to be great or not. And uh, I find that if somebody can write angles or come up with the unique, either the scary, the crazy, the interesting or weird hooks, then they're going to be an amazing copywriter. Um, if they can dig out benefits on their own without being asked, uh, then they're going to be uh, amazing. And right, so, so, this is, so it's, it's less about language and more about viewpoint, right? 
Yeah, it's it's more about painting pictures in people's minds. I mean, and it's also about like if you can step into the shoes of the prospect. Like in one of the training calls we did once, um, you know, I said, "Give me a product, any product. Just throw one, throw me one live here on the call, and uh, and I will tell you who the audience is." Right. So one of our uh, copy cubs was like, "All right," he was like bunion cream, you know, and I and I was like, "All right, let's do this." And I went, "Okay, so." Chances are this is from poor footwear. They're on their feet all the time. Okay, so we're talking about servers and probably like bus boys, and we're talking about people who, uh, you know, uh, are in service. They're probably making lower wages, which is why they can't afford the footwear. So we have a, a low-income individual who's on their feet all the time in the following occupations. Okay, now look, we've got the audience dialed in. Let's write. And they were like, holy crap. And I was like, well, do that. Get into that spot. Think through that. And I have, again, I have an audience doc that goes through those steps. And when you get there, you're like, wow, now I can literally step in the shoes of that person and be like, this sucks. How do I get past this? And first you sell them the cream and you explain how it works. But after the cream, then maybe you sell them new shoes or maybe you paint a picture of how to get past the revenue barriers, right? Like, but right. You, you craft that whole journey of the life cycle of the customer. Right. Well, you know, uh, with my, with when I, I go through a similar process with, with my, with my clients, we always talk about how you're not selling the thing you do. You're selling the transformation from, you know, from a, a yellow, uh, you know, a yellow car into Bumblebee or from, you know, a pickup truck into Optimus Prime, right? That's sort of what you're, that's really what you're doing. And I think, and, and I think that, you know, you're, you're articulating it in a, uh, an easier, an easier format to understand. So, so, how like how important is it from your perspective for that sort of personal tone that in, engagement that sort of desire or willingness to tell a story like how does that translate into the rest of the the your the company's web presence you know because if you're just if you're a retailer you know you're e-commerce person and you're thinking like holy guacamole all i care about is like shipping more of whatever like I've, I have a warehouse full of socks. I've got two more container loads coming in. I got to get these things out of here. Like, how, you know, where, how do you, how do you sort of bring that personal tone into your like everyday marketing or do you? Well, you know what? It's in there in different peppered ways. Um, I really would like to see if, if a company is going to really do a proper branding process that, that I'd like to see that feeling um, transferred into social, transferred into uh, the words on their web page, into the thank you note that goes into the package. Uh, but I mean, I can't control that whole process, yeah, sure. and I don't. I don't. Uh, I mean, my personal clients, I actually will go ahead and say, "Hey, guess what? I placed a test order. Here's what I got. I need to connect, you know, what I yeah. said here to the end product." Um, but uh, you know, I mean in a perfect world, they're going to connect all of those pieces, even their brick and mortar ads are all going to connect all those elements together. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess the other side of things is some of these things aren't going to have like super personal stuff. Like for example, uh, you know, if you're doing shipping notifications or, you know, some of the life cycle customer stuff, uh, we have a nine point customer journey that we use. And in that, I mean, you know, the thank you for subscribing and those things, those are all going to be kind of personal the buyer journey and the, you know, winbacks, those are all kind of personal, but some of them, uh, some of them are just kind of, I actually almost want to pretend I'm the machine for a second 
and actually, you know, send out something where it's noticed that you've bought XYZ, but haven't bought this thing. And I, tr and I want to write like the technology is automatically applying a discount to their future purchase, you know? Right. Sure. Um, right. And because I've actually, because not everybody wants to be the center of attention all the time, because if somebody's really that invested in the fact that you just bought underwear, hmm, hello, like a, you know, back off. Yeah. So keep that email brief. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> oh man. Oh, so we are, we are really funny. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I've actually uh, uh, been tempted to uh, take up comedy at one point. <laughs> uh, I make the entire team laugh whenever we do our coaching calls. Uh, but anyway, yeah, no, uh, uh, that's uh, yeah. Anyway, long story short, yeah. So. Uh, you know, the voice should be in there. We, like I said, we usually write out a voice doc that basically says, you know, we're a masculine or feminine voice. Uh, we appeal to the common man or we deal with doctors every day. So it's okay to use big words. You know, we're, uh, you know, we're, um, uh, here are the colors that we care about and here's the feeling that we want to project. Here's where we're taking them in thought. Like our ultimate goal is for every customer to reach here. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, just all the elements of the voice are kind of written into a doc so that we can hand that off to a writer and scale. Um, you know, it's really important to me, both with my coaching clients and my uh, actual done for you marketing clients uh, uh, that I create these documents that if something happened to me, I die tomorrow, they're actually in better shape than they were when I left. Right. Like when uh, what happens, because I, I like to think, I know it sounds altruistic, but I like to think that, um, that, they're not sticking around just because, you know, no one else or only I can do this, but they're sticking around because of the constant value I create. Right. And, and I think that's, if, you know, for agencies, that's so important, right? Because it, it, you can't build any sort of scale or sustainability if it's all about stuff that comes out of your head. That's right. Right. You like, you, you've got, you've got to, you've got to create the opportunity for your organization to sort of institutionalize the way that you think. Yeah. And so, and, right. And so I think, uh, so I think that the, you know, the, your concept of frameworks and sort of, you know, uh, you know, and having a particular way of getting to the customer, the, getting to the audience, I think that's really sort of the, the, the thing that allows the, you know, the art of good copywriting to perform at scale where you yeah. have to be able to, you know, to, to scale it because, you know, the, 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 as you said before, the best communications feel like they're written to you. But yeah, that just can't happen. So the other thing too is like, as an agency, like if there's any agencies listening to this, there are four. There are. Four, that's the reason why I'm doing this. There's gonna yeah, be. Yeah, well, you know. there are four things that if I could tell, like if actually I'll even go this far. Um, if something, if I were to get hit by a bus tomorrow, I would want this one message to be permanently published on the internet that would help every agency out there, which is to know. Uh, that if you're doing email for your clients, there's four things that I think uh, we need to do for our clients as agencies uh, that make us amazing. And thing number one is that we're an advocate for the list, and that means that we know the prospect really well. We have you know a document outlining you know the uh, uh, the voice and the you know avatar and who they are. Uh, we're in those Facebook groups that those people are you know. And uh, we know what works, which means that we, you know, no BOGO single day sales, you know, two times buyer sequences. 
Um, and we have the tech at our fingertips uh, and the features as the new features come out for those techs, we're up on top of that stuff. Um, number three, we're, we know their industry really well. We subscribe to the competitors' email lists. You know, we're, uh, we have Google Alerts set up and you know, we're up to speed on all those people's blogs and we are constantly monitoring that market. And number four, we're leading the results. We're aware of the dips or rises and the opens, clicks, bounces, unsub complaints and revenue. And we're constantly looking for and forward planning for it. Um, and if there is ever a dip or a rise, we immediately tell the client, hey, guess what? You're behind by 20% compared to last year this time, not hiding from it and basically always showing them that we have a plan to make this better or you know, that you know, things are on the rise and here's what's going on, here's why, but that you're basically always on top of things. And so if you do those four things, you're always going to be the top dog and delivering right. crazy value. Right. Uh, especially, I think, you know, uh, of, of, of particular importance is that communication about what's happening. Yeah. Right? Because like so many, so many agency owners and account managers, like if results suck, they get, they, it's, hard, it's hard to get in touch with them all of a sudden. Right, because they don't want to have, they don't want to deliver the bad news. But yeah, and you know, out of integrity, like I mean, I literally uh, was dealing with a, an agency last week where um, they were in a situation where things hadn't gone the way they wanted them to, and the clients wanted to have a meeting. And you know, as soon as they call all management into a Zoom call uh, that you're scheduled to join, um, and you know, you know that things haven't gone well the last couple of months, you know. Uh, you get a feeling that this is one of those conversations, you know, and so he opted to just fire himself and walk away. It's not you. It's us. We've changed. Right. That's, that's what you're. Well, but you know, and this fellow like opted to he let his emotions guide the show and he literally just decided not to show up to the call. And, uh, you know, and I was like, no, out of integrity, you should show up to that call own whatever you need to learn to improve and, you know, and be happy to celebrate what you have gotten done, you know, and what is there. And, uh, you know, I think that's like, that's integrity. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes you're going to have to get your butt handed to you and you're going to have to learn, Hey, I could improve this in future by doing these things. Right. And so, yeah. And I think, you know, feedback is just, you know, I mean, feedback, both positive and negative are just telling you where your process has gone right or wrong. And if you've got, you know, in this case of this agency owner, if they've got, you know, a couple of months of, of declining results, you know, they really should have come, you know, and say like, listen, we see that the results are declining. Here's what we're going to do about it. And, you know, and then go do that thing. And if that didn't work, then say, Results are still declining. We got to do another thing. And it should never have gotten to the point where there's a phone call that you don't feel like you should show up for. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. I mean, you know, it's funny, like there winds up being, even though I, I deal with a lot of the technical and the marketing side, there, there is the odd call where I've got to kind of get into the, the professional growth stuff, like, you know, growth mindset, emotional intelligence, like uh, a lot of that plays into, uh, you know, uh, being a, you know, a good leader or being a, a good marketer. Yeah. I mean, I think, I, I mean, I think that, that sort of, uh, uh, you know, emotional regulation and growth mindset is in fact, uh, I mean, that, that is, I mean, honestly, that really is the key, right? Because if you can handle your emotions and you're willing to learn 
and you know growth mindset doesn't mean uh you know that i'm that i'm you know constantly learning or constantly you know uh, you know growth mindset is not a grind right it's not it's not like an it's like it's not a non-ending stream of homework you know it's not like your algebra 2 homework every night all the time and that's not growth mindset growth mindset is much more about okay great this is where I am today, but there's another place that I want to be. How do I get there? You know, it's very much like you're like, it's the same. You, you're taking yourself on the same journey you want your, you want to take your clients on, you know, I'm, I'm on pain Island. I want to be on pleasure Island or I'm on neutral Island and I want to be in pleasure Island. Um, so tell me, tell me, tell me about the, the, the changes that you see in your clients. So when, when they jump in, uh, into the like the stuff inside of of mailer secrets um, or sorry mailer skills maybe mailer maybe skills. I'll, yeah maybe i 'll use the right name that would be good that would be <laughs> awesome uh, so before by the way, I said mailer secrets it 's mailer skills people come on, keep up uh, so um, so it, when when you 've got clients that jump into mailer skills and you know it, is this for everybody in an email agency or is it for specific people? And then like, and what are the results you see on the other side? You know, what, what, what happens to that agency's clients? Right. So obviously we have, uh, some of the stuff is just for copywriters. Uh, some of it's, I mean, great for account managers because, uh, you know, even if you're not planning to be a good copywriter, at least if you can spot what good copy looks like or what good, you know, uh, yeah. Copywriting, uh, that's the stuff with letters, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. Yeah. The writing part of the process, but okay. even, you know, having like, uh, like our e-commerce copywriting course actually has a lot of stuff about, uh, content calendar structure and it has a lot of stuff about deliverability planning and stuff in that, that, you know, every account manager should know. And so, you know, some of those processes are, are applicable to everybody. Um, I mean, I suppose if you've got a really big agency, accounting and finance don't need to know this stuff. Sure. Uh, but, you know, there's something in there for just about everybody in, in the, in that one course, the other two, uh, other two programs we have on the site are just for, uh, copywriters. And, uh, uh, and then obviously with the coaching, I mean, we typically help anybody who's actually actively mailing a list. I mean, we've had, uh, you know, in-house email guys. We've had, uh, we had a, a $40 billion company that we helped with deliverability, uh, just two months ago, uh, before Christmas. Nice. Uh, and so uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say who it was, but I mean, they had 76 mailing IPs and we had to perform a deliverability audit on those and come back with, uh, you know, all the recommended actions to get them inboxing better. And so, you know, that's the, the kind of stuff that we love digging and, into. And, and uh, you know, without telling tales out of school, you know, what kind of, what kind of impact did that, did that sort of, uh, you know, in the weeds, detail focused kind of approach get them? Well, so for example, I mean, their biggest issue is that they were literally getting like three to 5% open rates. And uh, uh, once they dialed in their approach, they were able to uh, start getting anywhere from 15 to 20% open rates. And they were able to, uh, you know, start inboxing more and, and perfect the process of warming those IPs all individually. Yeah, well, holy guacamole. So that's, that, that's a 5x increase in open rates just because you guys nerded out and did some things with IP? Well, yeah, but more yeah. like, yeah, we worked through their process of what, where they were going wrong about 
uh, approaching cold mail. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other thing too, so you asked like, you know, what about the people who take those programs or something? But basically the biggest thing that we see is like, you know, I remember recently I got this testimonial, uh, uh, these, uh, this agency contacted me with and said, I can't believe it. We never used to show clients our mailing schedule or plan before. Uh, but on a call, I gave a client a link to their uh, Google, uh, Google Docs, uh, Google Sheets, my bad. Uh, content calendar and we worked on the calendar together at the same time now we're in lockstep we both know what's going to happen when it's going to happen who it's going to go to and what the angles are and I've never been so less stressed in my life and that that's a huge part of it yeah the other, the other thing is that you know when they follow the process obviously the biggest thing is the revenue I mean you know uh, I remember one client we had they they had a client that was doing about a million dollars a month in sales uh, from their e-commerce store and uh, they did all the optimizations I recommended and we got it to 3 million. Um, we had, I mean, obviously. So, wait, I, let's do some math here. That's 3X. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it was. Just from sending some emails? The right emails to the right time to the right people. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. No, it was, I mean, you know, the funny thing is, I mean, I've had a number of clients over the years. They come to me and they say, how much money can you promise me I'll make? And, uh, and I usually say to them, well, every list and every you know, level of staleness and engagement and conversion rate is different. But so far, after 11 years, I've basically noticed that we can usually increase revenue by at least 30%. I, I consider any sort of you know, 30 to 40% increase kind of par for the course. Um, so are you listening out there, people, 30 to 40% increase in your revenue? Mm -hmm. That's a lot. And even if your revenue is small, it's still a lot. And that's, and that's like if they have everything somewhat set up. I mean, if they don't have anything running, well, shoot, I mean, it can be four or five times increase in revenue. Yeah. You know? I mean, most people don't have a nine-point customer journey. Most people aren't doing content calendar management from a deliverability perspective where you're, you know, you're using your sort of you know, uh, attention hits mixed with your promos, mixed with your education, like, and just kind of like, a like firing cylinders in an engine, you know, they're, they're hitting those things at the right times so that you're, you're getting the low opens, but high converting emails out combined yeah. with the high open, not so great conversion rate out and mixing those up so that your IP stay hot. But at the same time, you're maximizing revenue from that list. Right, and when you get when you get the customer journey mixed with the content calendar thing happening, and the outsourced emails, you get to a point where your emails are written up to two weeks in advance, so there's time to review them. I mean, yeah. it's a beautiful thing, and it's way less stressful than most agencies operate. Yeah, totally, uh, absolutely, and 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 also for for most retailers, because I was the CMO of a two hundred million dollar re retailer, and holy moly, like the last minute. Uh, you know, like it, we were all, everything was at the la at the last minute, and it was so stressful. And that, and that, uh, that that made you know this happened on my watch. So functionally, it was my fault. But that had two emails go out in a row where our overworked, underappreciated email marketing manager actually typed our brand name wrong twice. Oh wow! Yeah. And because it was such, because it was such last minute, there was no review process at that point. But 
anyways, um, but I think this is this is cool, and and I you know I really love because people really do think that email is simple, right? You know, you type a few words, throw in a few products, blingo, blango, blongo. But you've actually just described sort of a, a really intricate dance between between content and deliverability and and sequencing and that sort of stuff to sort of to 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 sort of help the audience build towards the crescendo of buying that you're actually after. Um, all right, so we're just about out of time. So you already gave us four things that that. Um, that you want agencies to remember if goodness forbid you should get hit by a bus. We don't like, uh, so, so why don't you, why don't you give us like one or two like spot on copy tips that, you know, that you think everybody should just should have in their, their arsenal of, of, of marketing tools. Sure. Give me two seconds here. I'm going to, uh, uh, pull up something. All right. So, one of the things that By the way, I, people, it seems like you were getting like an insider look here at at mailer skills like this is normally people pay for this kind of stuff yeah so uh one of the things that uh i didn't catch that <laughs> thanks siri i love max right <laughs> um yeah so one of the things okay for specific to email but i mean some of this applies to everything uh, first thing I ask myself are things like, you know, what did they actually sign up for when they first joined the list? Like when they very first joined, what was that first opt-in or what was that first purchase that made? Like, how did they meet us and, and where did the conversation start? It was, it was from was the it 10% certain, off pop-up. Yeah, like were they trying to get a discount on fill-in-the-blank product? Right, the six, in the first six seconds I was there, you were, you were smashing me in the face looking for, you know, offering me a coupon. Yeah, hopefully that's not usually the options, but it could be. It could have been a survey, could have been a content upgrade. You never know, um, or even just a membership sign up or an initial purchase. But uh, the next part is where are we at in the relationship? Like, have we gotten from purchase to sale? Have we gotten from first sale to second or third sale? Are we on the seventh or eighth sale? Like, where are we at in that in that journey? Um, and the part, uh, the next part is, uh, what do we already know about them, and where are we leading them? Like. We've gotten them into the, into the flow, but where are we planning to take each person? What is our ultimate goal for every subscriber? Like for a health company, it might be that we get them from functional to thriving, right? Um, you know, with, you know, uh, a power tool company, it might be that we want them to build the ultimate workshop to have every tool they need at their disposal, right? For my agency clients, like my ultimate goal for them is to have zero stress, zero drama, and have everything running fluidly so they can spend more time with their families. That's my ultimate goal. That's what I want for those people. And so everything will speak to that big goal, right, the thought leadership. Um, and the last, last part is what are we training them to expect in every email? Because, see, if you always do big open loops where, you know, uh, ima imagine what happened when he dot, 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 like, and you have to ask yourself, like, are, am I training them to expect offers every single time? And am I training them to expect, like, literally uh, tips all the time? Like, what is, it this, what, what is the rhythm that they're always seeing? And what am I training them? And do I want to train them those things or, or elsewhere? Uh, or other ways where you can have them not expecting what they're going to get. So that, that's one of the biggest things. I mean, I already talked about kind of voice and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's one big thing is basically just those questions that I ask myself. Um, and lastly, I guess, is that uh, 
there are a lot of strategies uh, out there, um, you know, that that are optional for um, what do they call that? Uh, um, better options for you know um, for doing email. I mean, different campaign options, you know, right. um, and so. Uh, when we go through the strategy, I mean, like, I guess as a copywriter, like, I think it's important to, to be aware that there are broadcasts, there are single campaigns, there are deal announces, content plus offer, there's cold prospect follow-ups, founder letters, notification style, news style, where you can either use something from the news or invent your own news. Uh, there's date-based stuff. Like you know, Christmas, Black Friday, birthdays, miles. right? So, right. So it's so it's it's really understanding like the not only the 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 not only having clarity about where you want the customer to go, but and where they are currently, but also temporarily or behaviorally where they are standing relative to this email, right? Exactly. Yeah. So you've got to understand the 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 the, the purpose and context of of where you're going. Right. I mean, I think that's, and that's really powerful because everyone thinks like this is all like make them click on the button and buy today. And that may not be the purpose of your email because if you're having a human relationship with this person on who's, you know, whose inbox you're, you're jumping into, you know, if all you're doing is scream, buy, 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 that gets old really, really fast. It does. But the bigger question is like, if you have the thought leader stuff, uh, thought leadership stuff dialed in that I just talked about, then you're going to write that even that 10% off coupon for the first buyer. You're not going to say your 10% off coupon is here, you know, open this email. You're actually going to say, uh, this is the first step to that killer workshop of your dreams. Sure. Right. And then here's, you know, here's 10% off your first power tool purchase. And, uh, you know, we hope you have the same dream we do of, you know, having, this place where anything is possible with your woodworking or whatever it is, for example. Exactly. You know, and you and you say, you know, each purchase is one more step to to the dream workshop. Let's just hope your wife never sells them for what you said you paid for them, right? You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so everybody, check out Mailer Skills. I know that my clients that are part of Mailer Skills. And, the, and my clients are having crazy growth. And all I hear about mailer skills is, it blew my mind. That's what I hear all the time. And, and, and you know, and, and I've actually referred a, a copywriter to, to, to Dan who told me, like, wow, Dan turned me into a copywriter. And he didn't do it by threat or by force. He did it by teaching, showing, coaching, and and allowing you to make mistakes. And I think that's like that's that's just an awesome testament to the the way that your very human approach to this, Mister uh, you know Mister uh, Gretzky, McKenzie, Rogers. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> All right, uh, Mailer Skills, Dan Dad. Have an awesome day. Thanks so much. And we are out. Hey, it's Tim. Thanks for tuning into the Killer Report. Your support means a lot. If you liked this episode, hated this episode, whatever, please leave your feedback at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you do that sort of thing. And if you're one of the brilliant people who love this, think about subscribing. It'll do you good.
a call to action. Holy crap.